Oh, fuck, I haven't got my drink. <laughs> <laughs> And with that proclamation, welcome to episode 48 of Have You Seen? I am Kieran, 50-50, Lafort, and opposite me is Tom, 60-40, Webb. <laughs> which bit's 60, which bit's 40? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me sound like I'm disproportionate. Slightly. <laughs> Thanks. Um, just one movie to review this week, 50-50, as pitched by Pete Hammond. Um, we kind of trampled on his pitch last week by getting sidetracked and yeah, we did a bit. all sorts of things. I do have it uh, here still among... The sheaves of paper that make up my make up my notes for every show. Um, the basics are um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a normal, healthy twenty-seven-year-old uh, radio producer in Seattle. Um, he starts experiencing pains in his back. He goes to his doctor, and he um, has a quite unpronounceable form of spine cancer. It mm, turns out. Yeah, I was going to try and learn how to <laughs> right. say it, but I just can't. They just end up calling it Schwanoma in the yeah. movie, don't they? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind of progresses as to how he deals with it, how his parents deal with it, mm. how his girlfriend deals with it, how his best friend, played by Seth Rogen, deals with it, um, uh, his therapy, and yeah, how what happens when a, a young, healthy man gets a debilitating disease. Yeah. Um, it's based on... Um, the experiences of the writer, uh, Will Riser, was uh, an associate producer working in TV. He worked on the mm. Ali G show, mm. um, and he was diagnosed with a form of spinal cancer at 25. Yeah. Uh, he had surgery, and he was encouraged. He's friends with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and they mm. encouraged him to write it. Yeah. Uh, so he did. Um, it, uh, it took a few a few years. Like it, I read something that said it took him two and a half years after his surgery to kind of come to terms with being able to write his experience. Right. And this is kind of um, an idealized, fictionalized version based yeah, yeah. on his. Um, there's a really. I'm gonna. Uh, if I remember to, um, I'm gonna link to an article that he wrote. Okay. I think for the LA Times. Right. Uh, uh, which kind of goes some way to explaining how much is fiction, how much is fact. Right. Um, mm. uh, things like. Uh, People, all his friends coming up to him and and saying how much Joseph Gordon Gordon Levitt nailed his mannerisms and even his posture. Oh, really? Um, yeah, his mum pointing out historical inaccuracies in the film. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, um, and that kind of thing. Uh, and he said his sister all the time gets. Why wasn't there a sister character in the film? Doesn't he like you? Right. <laughs> That's brilliant. I know um, that um, one of the things they did change was that in the scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt tells Seth Rogen that he has cancer happens in the street in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it actually happened while Seth Rogen was sitting on the toilet in real life. <laughs> but they they decided, it, although it was very funny, it it wasn't quite the mm. tone they were going after for that scene. But, yeah. 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 Um, so where where do we start when two of us are trying to review one movie? I reckon what we should do is basically jump in and say if we liked it or not. Okay. First off, and then uh, I guess no, notes will be chronological. So yeah, okay. we'll okay. just kind of bat and forth between. So okay. did, did you like it? Yes, overall I did like it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Okay, good. Um, Hooray! Yeah, a well, triumph, a success. <laughs> yeah, well, well done, Pete. You picked a good one. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was really, really good. Mm. Um, and uh, I watched it with my wife, actually. She really enjoyed it as mm. well. I saw her on Twitter just watch 50-50 yeah. in, in tears, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
It's funny enough, the, the film I'd kind of equate it to, the one that we've covered, is The Descendants. In okay. that it's got, um, it's kind of a, it's a drama as a story, mm. but there's a bit of humour in there and it seems, all the characters seem very real. That's, and that's your life. And yeah. It's, 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 you know, technically it's a drama. There might be bits of an action movie exactly. creeping yeah. every now and again. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. a I mean, porno. I, or, yeah. I think this if one. You're lucky. <laughs> I think this one is. Uh, I think this is a, a kind of a sadder film overall than than The Descendants. Um, I think that the kind of the story is a lot heavier than mm. The Descendants, but it's still dealt with it in a very realistic and yeah entertaining way. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So marvelous. Yeah. Excellent. I'm mostly just uh, my usual thing. I'm just writing down like things I like, mostly uh, Seth Rogen's lines. Right. Okay. That's it. interesting. Um, he. Um, he was more than just comedic pyrotechnics. Yes. That's mostly what he's there for. Yeah. Is that you when he's on screen you know There's gonna be a punchline somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but I liked how how it showed his progression, how he was dealing with his friends condi- his best friend's yeah, condition. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I when think they find when uh he finds the never book. finds a self self help book. Yeah. yeah. I thought um, that was really cool. Yeah. But before that you see things like him trying to use his friend's condition to pick up women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With you his consent. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. kind of he he some he you kind of get the impression that he uh he's just trying to live he's just trying to make it normal. Yeah. Um, but but then you find, you kind of find out later on that he he does actually he's researching it he does care yeah. he's tra- and he's trying to he's trying to do what he thinks is best for for Adam to mm. kind of help him and and do that mm. um, yeah uh, there was one thing I thought I thought Joseph Gordon Levitt was brilliant he's pretty good yeah at this acting lark isn't yeah he? but what I find even more amazing was he didn't he wasn't confirmed in that role until two days before they started shooting really James McAvoy. Oh yes, he was I know on McAvoy it. dropped out because he dropped his wife out. was going to give birth. Yeah, yeah and uh, a week before they were due to shoot, mm. Rogan suggested to Gordon mm. Levitt, "Why don't you do it?" Mm. And it was two days before he was like, "Yeah, okay, fine, let's let's go with it." And, yeah, mm. so I think that's pretty impressive to mm. leap into a pretty heavy role. Like yeah, that. I mean to carry the film in the way that he does. Mm. I thought it was quite. In fact, I think the whole cast was really really good. Mm. Legend says the first thing they did was the head shaving. Yeah, I can imagine that because I'm pretty yeah. sure for and the first they ad lib the whole thing yeah. in one take. Yeah, because because you can't do it twice. And apparently, it wasn't even in the script. It was something that Rogan and and Levitt suggested they do. Mm. That um, is a great scene. It though. is brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really really good actually. Um, yeah, I, I I also think one of some most of my favourite scenes actually were between Joseph Gordon Levitt and Anna Kendrick. Yeah. I thought she, she was really good. She grew on me throughout. Right. I didn't like her to start with. Right. I have, I've got a bit of an Anna Kendrick blockage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see my doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't yeah. <laughs> I can explain it. No. There's something about her. I'm sure she's lovely. I've met yeah. her. Yeah. She's lovely. But um, I can't... There's something about her on screen that I can't buy. Maybe it's because I know she's absolutely fucking tiny. <laughs> and I just can't buy her being anything. Well, I think that... Um, I've I'm trying to I was trying to think what have I seen her in, mm. uh, and I th- I've seen Up in the Air. I've seen that. Um, at which she was, you know, she was good. It mm. was fine. You know, there was nothing. But in this, I kind of thought that she was, she was really good at the kind of playing the awkwardness and the, you know, there's that kind of running gag of her wanting to touch him I comfortingly. Did, yeah, I actually my final note is I like Anna Kendrick 
Anna Kendrick as the therapist trying not to be more than a therapist. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think I think the whole situation for her is very uncomfortable because she's a trainee therapist. Yes. So, and I think that comes across really well as well. She's kind of she's nervous about making the right decisions. Yes. And you can you, that really comes across. Mm. Um, I know she said uh, in some notes I saw that she referred to her character as the world's worst therapist right. on set, which okay. you can you can kind of see. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, my the first two notes I made were in her first scene, okay. which was to two references. Mm. Uh, uh, as you know, it's f- her first scene and then the subsequent scene. Mm. So Doogie Howser. Yes. reference yeah. which I thought was brilliant where she had no clue what he does was talking he about here? yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the following scene is where his girlfriend uh, Bryce Dallas Howard mm. buys him the dog called Skeletor yes <laughs> that was brilliant <laughs> um, yeah um, actually my first note was uh, was uh, the first scene where Rogan shows up right. where, he, where Adam has used his girlfriend's shampoo mm. and Rogan sniffs him and says you smell like you fucked the cast of The View yeah <laughs> like creased up um, I also I have a structure note. Right. It just says ten minutes. Bam, cancer. Yeah, yeah. It gets into it quite. Quickly. I like I like the scene where he's told. Yes, because you, the, the doctor is kind of not, the doctor doesn't make eye contact with him. Hardly no, through the whole scene. He's very cold and yeah, yeah. clinical, and and it, like he does it every day. And, and I he lo- gets to the word cancer. And Adam hears nothing after that. The sound yeah. just kind of fades away. Well, what I like about his, the Doctor is also when he sits down, he doesn't even acknowledge he starts talking into his little dictaphone yeah. and it's all medical jargon yeah. and it's mumbled as well. Mm. So it's difficult to follow mm. and you're just kind of, and you're immediately put in Adam's position of like, what you know, what's going on? What is mm. he talking about? And in that scene, the only word you remember the doctor saying clearly is cancer yeah. and then it all kind of blurs out yeah. and, and I think that, you know it really nicely puts you in that moment of shock mm. I think yeah um, <laughs> I've written this movie is just Seth Rogen and a bunch of tiny people because <laughs> everybody is really little compared to him um, uh, what else have I got I like there's loads of little character details I like yeah um, uh, Adam's constant nail biting Yes. Uh, the tiny thing that sets up right near, the, fairly near the beginning, yeah. that uh, he and Bryce Dallas Howard aren't meant to be together, where his parents come over for dinner, they all have pizza and she's eating a salad. Yeah. It's never mentioned. No. Just her food is different to everybody else's. else's. Yeah. Yeah. I, the other people that, that popped up that I really liked were um, Frank Langella. No. There's no Frank Langella in this film. Yeah. Where? He's one of the cancer patients. No, he's not. Is that Frank Langella? No, he's not. One of them is uh, used to be Max Headroom. Yeah, I know. The other one. Matt Frewer. The the other other one one? is not Frank Langella. I don't know who it is. I recognise him. I can't remember his name. sure it is. To IMDB with you. Yeah, I am. Um, Yeah, no, I knew. I thought they they were brilliant. Yeah. So who is it? He looks exactly like Frank Langella. That's not Frank Langella. His name would have been more prominent in the credits. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? That's not him. Um, ah, that's it, Philip Baker Hall. Yes. So, what else have he been in? He's got. He's he's one of those guys that's always been an old man and has popped in a whole shit yeah. ton of stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's in. He's in. Uh, he's in a few episodes of Modern Family, but he's in other stuff I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah, He's yeah. in Argo. Oh, he's in loads and loads of things. What I think he was. He looks like Frank Langella. I was convinced it was if him. You say so. He does. That'd be another Skeletor connection. Maybe. Maybe that's what put that in my head. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I really like the breakup scene. 
Yeah. Where Rogan catches yeah. uh, <laughs> Howard kissing, kissing, was it, the fucking hippie Jesus guy or whatever yeah, yeah, he yeah. calls him. And then uh, it show, uh, shows Adam what he uh, loudly announces as exhibit whore on his phone. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and they're trying to ha- essentially having a normal kind of movie breakup scene. Yeah. And he's just there talking all over it, <laughs> yeah. just berating her, Absolutely. trying to get her out of the house. Yeah, I, um, I really liked the fact that... Um, in the movie, there was someone that couldn't deal with what he was going through and yeah. and had to kind of get out of his life because she couldn't deal with it. Mm. I mean, she was horrible. It was horrible the way she did it. Yeah. But, you you know, there, mu- there must be people that can't deal with that sort of thing and yeah. do find it quite difficult. Um, so I kind of quite liked that, actually. Mm. I liked uh, Angelica Houston as well as kind of the overbearing mother. Yes. One of my favourite bits I is when... I him because I care. Yeah, it was yeah. when uh, Anna Kendrick meets... Uh, yes. Her and uh, yeah. Seth Rogen for the first yeah, time. Rogen, Rogen is, uh, is uh, it doesn't matter what he says about me. I'm not, not a dick, dick or yeah. something like yeah. that. And she's and like, I smother him because I care. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, how long does the drive home from the hospital take? Quite a long time, it seems. Yes, yeah. judging by the, the drive home day to night. Anna Kendrick yeah. gives him. Yeah, that 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 took quite some time. Maybe they stopped. Maybe emptying the car out took longer <laughs> yeah. than we actually saw. Yeah. Um, I knew that Mitch's chair was going to come up empty. In that scene where it's revealed that he's dead, yes, yeah, yeah. and they it's a it's a single shot pull out from the yeah. needle going to Levitt's arm for his yeah. chemo, and he uh, pulls out, and, and yeah, there's just and the blanket. Not Frank Langella's there, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and no longer Max Headroom isn't, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I thought that was really nicely done because mm. you would have, I, I think, on the whole, you would have picked it to have been. Not Frank Langella to go out of the three first, yeah, wouldn't you? Because so. he's well, the oldest. Kind of, isn't that's he? the kind of you know it can strike at any time. Any t- yeah, of. absolutely. Yeah, I thought that was really one really day good. you're just not going to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why does Levitt still have eyebrows? Wouldn't wouldn't the chemo have taken them as well? Do you know what? I don't know. He had still some very prominent eyebrows. That yeah, that's something I've never even thought about. It didn't cross my mind. I just noticed him picking I might, the bottom might of his be, hat at some Might point. be because he shaved his head. But later but then on, no, looks, later on, you see him, and yeah. it's not a shave. It, it's, it's. But I don't think a, I don't think chemo just makes all your hair fall out. I, I think know, it might. Should have done some research on this. Really, yeah, I think it just. I think I think just some of it. Yeah. may may fall out. Mm. Um, it no, just looks good to think. me. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm running out of if. Uh, effectively running out of notes because I didn't as usually yeah. comes with a good movie on this show I didn't write no I didn't either lot. I just I really really enjoyed it I thought it was I was worried that it might be a bit awkwardly paced initially because I remember like, I th- I've heard people say that the first half's really funny the second half's really sad yeah. and that kind of stuff and I thought that was the good and I didn't actually find that at all I thought it was really quite even all mm, the way through I know someone who laughed solidly for the first half and bald for yeah. the second half yeah, yeah. so I, I actually thought it was really really nicely done mm. and kind of really you know yeah I think everything was everything had its counterpoint in exactly the right place yeah Um. again like the Descendants you get the bit that, that's very dramatic and then there's something that lightens it but then doesn't then George trying to run exactly yeah. yeah but it doesn't it doesn't destroy the momentum of what's gone before and it. doesn't undermine anything Exa- no, yeah exactly no. yeah. Um, I think with regards mm. to the end of it I would have gone true 50-50 right. and cut to black when he went in for his operation and not shown anything afterwards. So you don't know if he lives or dies. Now, yeah, because I was trying to figure out what they do with that, whether they would stick to what actually happened. And, yeah. you know, you know well, the guy obvi- Obviously, Will Riser survived because he, he broke the movie. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, 
it was kind of are they going to stick with that or are they going to effectively make it 50-50 and, and show what might have happened yeah. to him you know um, I, my wife was preparing herself like she was <laughs> like yeah ready. he's not going to yeah. survive he's not going to yeah. survive he's not going to survive because yeah. um, the title 50-50 came from Bryce Dallas Howard really on set it was originally called uh, I'm with Cancer yeah yeah, uh, yeah and at one point untitled Seth Rogen project <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I did like the scene where uh, Rogan is dressing the, his scar on his back. Yes, that was the point where apparently Bryce's mum leant over to him in the cinema after she'd she'd apparently she sat so silent for forty minutes watching yeah. the film, and then uh, at some point, maybe it was first chemo or whatever, she just reached over and grabbed his hand, and mm. he uh, Bryce says he looked over and she was crying. Yeah, and then at the end when he's having his scar dressed, yeah. she leant over to him and went, "Why doesn't he have his back brace on?" She was suddenly concerned about continuity <laughs> and, uh, and uh, authenticity in this yeah. film. Excellent, because that was based on a true that conversation, and that yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. a true thing that that Rogan did. And yeah, uh, <laughs> it looks like total recall. recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, my only final two notes can, pertain to the credits and what happened after the credits. Um, did something happen after the credits? <laughs> well, it did on my on my Netflix. It did. Oh, okay, fine. Minute. Okay. <laughs> I thought I missed something for a no, second. No, no, no. Um, the closing credits use a Pearl Jam song called "Yellow Lead Better." Yes. Which my wife had heard for the first time mm. after only ever hearing me play it on the guitar. Okay. So, so she'd never heard the song, but she'd heard me play it because I used to. I like I, I like playing the intro to it, like you mm. know, and I'm fiddling around. Yeah. Um. And and she as soon as it came on, she was like, "I know this, but I don't know this." <laughs> and it was just like, and it took me a minute because I thought because it's very Hendrixy, mm. and I thought, oh, "Is it a Jimi Hendrix song?" And then it clicked what it was. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of weird that it was the first time she was actually hearing that song, having heard it for like ten years or whatever. Okay. Um, and then it was on Netflix. It was like, uh, if you want to watch more Cancer, try Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, on that note, I recently rewatched Chasing Amy. Right, it now recommends everything homosexual on on, <laughs> on Netflix. It just yeah. keeps pointing me towards the gay and lesbian section. I've been watching a lot of um, spaghetti westerns, so now I get foreign revenge thrillers. Nice. Uh, I have for fifty fifty. We can say it was a hit. We yeah, absolutely. This movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really, it's really like this. On DVD, uh, mm. if you have Netflix and you're in the UK. You yep. can uh, you can stream, stream it. it. Yeah, no, very um, definitely worth watching. I have uh, alternative titles. We did say the working title was "I'm with Cancer." Yeah. Uh, in Turkey, they called it the Cancer View, right? For some reason, and Germany had the German version had a kind of bizarre half pun in German oh dear. where it was called "Friends for Uber" in brackets Leben. Right. So Laban is life. So it's friends yeah. for life. But yeah. Uber Laban means yeah. survival. Okay. Well, that's kind of so an interesting friends pun. Friends for yeah. life and friends for survival. Yeah. But it's a pun that only works in, in German. Only really works in German with some brackets. That's very clever. Hard to explain. Um, Richard Pierce on Facebook. Yes. Sent us yeah. some feedback, mm -hmm. and he says it's a good film that's uh, about a hard subject. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance is heartbreaking and inspiring. Anna Kendrick shines and steals every scene she's in. Seth Rogen is believably distraught but hilarious. The script never feels maudlin or mopey and doesn't go for cheap shots. I also love the soundtrack. Mm. Uh, I didn't like that Angelica Houston and Bryce Dallas Howard are saddled with cliched characters. Other than that, I really enjoyed it. Mm, yeah, interesting. Even though I, do, I can kind of see the point about the cliched characters, but I think they've done so very well. Not so much cliche. Angelica Houston was kind of perhaps a bit underused, but part of the 
whole story is, is he doesn't see or see call him. his mother. Exactly. And yeah. she's got enough to deal with. We didn't mention the Alzheimer's yeah. riddled father. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's that lovely scene, much like the one where he finds Seth Rogen's uh, health book. He discovers that she's been going to a support group for parents yes. of kids with cancer. Yeah. There's lot, and I think that that's why that all of that kind of works. Yeah. Um, I found one star and five star reviews on Amazon. Right. Which would you like? Um, let's do the five stars first because okay. it's all been positive and we'll end with the, with the people who are clearly wrong. Okay. Uh, five star review says, I was amazed by this movie which achieves a level of naturalness and believability that are unusual in Hollywood. To admit that my heart sinks when Seth Rogen is in a movie is an understatement. <laughs> uh, but here he's used in the correct way as the stoner friend who learns how to be a real friend. Although the subject matter is hard work and the film puts you through the ringer, it does this in an expert way. Uh, it takes you into the hopeless world of the hospital cancer wards where doctors won't meet their patient's eyes and can't explain their treatments properly, where therapists are out of their depth and patients die. But it does so with a comedic edge and an intent res- intense respect for the truth of everyone's emotions. Deep breath, another paragraph to go. Yeah. Maybe it's a stretch for some to watch a film about cancer where no one's particularly good-looking or rich or powerful. Have they not seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bryce Dallas Howard? <laughs> They're fairly good-looking people. Although you can see a bit of Ron Howard in Bryce. I was trying to ignore that. <laughs> I was I was just... Uh, only in the hair colour. I presume she doesn't have a bald spot in the background. <laughs> um, no one's particularly good, rich or, rich or good-looking or powerful. But what does that say about what most audiences really fear? 200 years ago, dying and death were part of life, but now they're hidden from view. A film like this reminds us of the simple fact that life ends, and most often in modern life, it ends because of inoperable cancer. Wow, that's dark. <laughs> the subject needs to be explored, even laughed at, so that we can process it. This film achieves all of this uh, and more with a touching, nuanced central performance by, wait for it, Joseph Gordon Hewitt. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, it's going so well. And yeah. lovely work by Angelica Houston. Yeah. Uh, the One Star Reviews. Yeah. Directed without an iota of flair, utterly unbelievable, and boring, boring, boring. I switched it off at the scene where the older worldly guys, with the older worldly wise guys at the hospital, I just couldn't take any more cliches. There is much less than a 50-50% chance of you surviving this movie. How weird. Yeah. That's the thing about true stories is though. Yeah. You have to make them less believable to make them believable on screen quite a lot of the time. Um, This is uh, one, this is an all caps. Hmm. So lean back from the mic a little bit. Right. Seen the film advertised. They spelled advertised wrong. And thought, great, Seth Rogen in a comedy. This should be a must-see, right? Wrong. Silly film. Very long and boring. What more can I say? (laughs) Indignant they are. Oh, dear. Pitches. Yes. Before pitches. Oh, yeah. The thing that requires me to go into my magical mobile telephone, which will soon be no more. (laughs) Yes, the hated phone from last week is soon to go. It has been decreed and decided. Yeah. I was wandering around Sainsbury's right. the other day, mm-hmm. which British people will know. Any yep. foreigners listening to this will not know what that is. No. Nope. It's a very large supermarket chain. Yeah. Uh, and at the moment, they are having a DVD sale. They have a lot of films that we've covered on this show, all for £5 or less. Amazing. Yes. Uh, films we recommend. Casablanca. Really? 21 Jump Street. Uh-huh. The Guard. Yeah. The Raid. Uh-huh. Psycho. Wow. And Senna. 
Wow. All five pounds or really? under. Really? So There's some cracking ones in there. Absolutely. Uh, there are more lesser films in there as yeah. well, um, but no others that I could see that we covered. Right. I, I have a fairly small Sainsbury's, yeah, uh, yeah. and all of those were in there. Wow. Uh, That's we recommend, you can't go wrong with any one of those movies. No, absolutely. They're all, all of those on our recommended list. Yeah. Uh, so get yourselves there. Uh, Americans, I'm sure you have. Uh, there's some amazing deals in Target or Best Buy or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, knock yourselves out. Yeah. Something of another special thing for pictures this week. Yes. That was a horrible segue. Uh, yeah, wasn't, I'm going to leave it in. It was awful. I'm going to leave it in. I'm going to leave it in. It was awful. Yeah. So anybody who thinks we're professional and trained at this, uh, <laughs> there's your proof that we're not. Yeah. Um, with Zero Dark Thirty currently in cinemas, at least mm-hmm. in the UK, just about still, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's... Um, success isn't the word. It's been nominated for... It's creating a lot of buzz, a lot yeah. of controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been nominated... It was nominated for five BAFTAs uh, and won none of them, unfortunately, on Sunday. Oh, really? It, it would have helped this show if it had won something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was nominated for Best Film, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Actress, Best Actress for Jessica Chastain and Best mm-hmm. Editing. Right. Uh, and it has five Oscar nominations, right. Best Picture, Best Actress, again, uh, Editing, Sound Editing, and Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of this in mind, we got to think about Catherine Bigelow, yes. and we each own a Catherine Bigelow film mm-hmm. that the other one hasn't seen. Yes. So we thought we'd have what has been clumsily termed the Bigelow <laughs> off. Yes. Uh, well, we've we, had the Sorkin off, we so have we have the Bigelow off. Uh, the, everything is going to be called an off, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a confrontation, it's a showdown. It is a showdown. Um so, which order do you want to do them in? I'm going to try and find my notes. I think you should go first. Do you? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I am pitching Tom the Hurt Locker, which I saw after it had after it won its Oscars. It was nominated for nine and won six, including Best Director, making Catherine Bigelow the first woman ever to win Best Director, mm-hmm. Best Picture, and it's the first Best Picture directed by a woman to win Best Picture, right? And Best Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Also won six BAFTAs, uh, and I saw it shortly after it had won all these awards. I was in Japan, and it happened to be showing at a cinema right. near my uh, near where I was out and about one day. I think yeah. it was Rapongi Hills. It's a, if I can find the photos of inside the cinema, <laughs> right. it's amazing. I'll put them on the blog. Okay. It's got a waterfall inside the cinema, okay. and you have to walk down this weird sci-fi tunnel to get to the screen. Amazing. Yeah. So I saw it. Um, I saw it with Japanese subtitles and maybe twelve baffled Japanese people right. <laughs> who were trying to watch this film, uh, and I enjoyed it quite a lot. I'm going to tell you about the Hurt Locker. Um, essentially, uh, Jeremy Renner is your lead. This mm-hmm. was the movie that kind of launched him. Launched him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is pre Hawkeye, mm. pre Mission Impossible, pre um, Let's dump every franchise yeah. on Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Um, he is uh, Sergeant James, uh, the new bomb disposal expert with Bravo Company in Iraq. Uh, and he has what we should call an interesting attitude to mortality, especially right. his own. Right. Um, uh, he doesn't necessarily do things by the book. Right. Um, uh, but he's very experienced and very good at diffusing explosive devices. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and we essentially follow him and his immediate team as they set out on the last 39 days of Bravo Company's rotation before they get to go home. Okay. That's about it, really. Yeah. That sounds awful, but it's about it. Mm. Um, l- it's less of a narrative and more of a look at character and psychology. Okay. Um, 
And we can talk most of that can be talked about more next week once yeah, you've sure. seen it. Yeah. Um uh there the most of the other cast you won't really have heard of. Although Anthony Mackie, who plays one of his um uh immediate team there's a team of three, yeah. uh has recently been in a whole load of Right. Big stuff and is kind of breaking out in a similar manner. Oh, okay. Uh, he what did he do? Adjustment bureau. Right. Uh, I had a whole list of stuff. And I can't okay. Remember yeah. Right. But but this is kind of this kind of like pushed his career as well. He was a stage actor who right. really didn't believe in doing films. Well, he'd done a bit for some money essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this has kind of pushed him into okay. more and more Interesting. movies. Interesting. Um, there are some particular scenes. What got me for this film before I even saw it in the cinema. Because we've explained before what we do for a job, we yeah. we work end up working with clips from movies and yeah. whatnot. Um, I saw clips of two of the bomb disposal scenes, mm. and I realised when I'd finished watching them, I was gripping my desk with the tension. <laughs> right. Some of them, yeah, yeah. The the bomb disposal scenes in particular are can get incredibly tense. Right. Uh, you may not feel this way, but I yeah. did on on first watching. I felt it less second time round because I, you know, obviously happens. I knew what was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, right, really, just on completely, yeah, on edge and tensed up. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the particular scenes next week. I've just written like a list of four scenes I could think of that. Um, right. Take a look also at the. Be- it only really occurs at the beginning. There's some really beautiful close-up slow motion cinematography. All okay. right. Really interesting. Oh. Uh, actually, maybe I should talk about a bit about how this was shot. Yeah. Uh, I filmed it in Jordan in 44 days in 2007. Right. Uh, four of those days they did nothing because Jeremy Renner almost broke his ankle. Jesus. Um, the average temperature was 49 degrees Celsius. That's oh. 120 if you're American and work in Jesus. Fahrenheit. Uh, and on top of that, uh, poor Mr. Renner had to wear... Um, uh, a 90 pound bomb protection suit bloody hell uh, and he lost 15 pounds in three days due to th- food poisoning oh my god yeah um, uh, it was shot on Super 16 which the format isn't shot on very much no anymore. not at all uh, it's not an old old yeah. style of film stock yeah um, it was uh, It was Super 16 was used a lot for TV shows yeah things like uh, Buffy was originally yeah. shot on Super yes, 16 yes the first season or two was yeah, shot on El Mariachi was shot on Super 16 wasn't it yeah yeah that was shot 16 mil silent. Oh, we, oh uh, yeah, Super it was, 16 it? has yeah, a soundtrack. soundtrack yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Four handheld cameras shooting Super 16. They shot 200 hours of footage, which oh. makes a ratio of 100 to 1, which wow. is more than Apocalypse Now. Wow. Yeah. In 44 days? In 44 days. Because they yeah. essentially had all the cameras running all the time. Yeah. Um, they couldn't. They decided they were going to start editing it while they were still in Jordan. Mm. Uh, and they didn't want to send the undeveloped film through the through the x-ray machines in the airport. Right. So the film cans were hand-carried by a production aide on a flight to London who got mm-hmm. them transferred to DV cam and then took the took the tapes back so they could be digged into the computer and edited. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the editor described that as the, uh, the modern equivalent of shipping via donkey cart <laughs> right. because it took three days every time they t- sent a batch. Wow. Um, they try. They were going to try FTP downloads, mm. so like, yeah, get yeah. all digitized and then just download to the computer. But the yeah. the internet in Jordan wasn't up to it at no, that point. I can imagine. Uh, and they negotiated the use of a local radio station uh, overnight uh, to so they could download low quality QuickTime clips while they were sh- to effectively work as dailies, so, so wow. they could actually see what they were shooting. <laughs> 
Um, also, the other weird, weird, yeah, weird and interesting fact, this has the smallest box office gross of any Best Picture winner ever. That's interesting. Um, it only cost 15 million to make. Right. But worldwide, it only took 49 million. Hmm. Which means there are Best Picture winners in the 60s that outgrossed it. Wow. That's that's intriguing, yeah. actually. And what but was it? It must have been up against something. It must have Avatar. been real. Oh, right. It went up against oh, of Avatar. Of course it was, yes. Because yes. it was... Ex-husband and wife yeah. battling over the Oscar. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, was it James released Cameron at the actually, same time? Uh, I don't remember. It was actually released... The, it was released long before uh, these the Oscars that it won. Yeah. I'm just wondering what it was released against. Because if, yeah. if it was up against a big movie, then it, that's what went yeah. out for the smaller box office. If it was released the same sort of week as or mm. week after Avatar, then I'm not surprised. No, but, no. Um, yeah. It took 49 million worldwide in the cinemas. But yeah. then in the US alone, just the DVD, they sold an extra $30 million worth of units. Wow. So it's done pretty well when it mm. comes to home, home, home ends. Uh, and it's set Bigelow up for life. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's about it, really. That rambling yeah, yeah, no, picture cool. of a movie. Um, cool. Right, well, I shall get on to mine, I guess. Yes. Um, so I've got for you Point Break. Yes. Which I'm really surprised you haven't seen. I, mean, I have seen small bits of it. Right. Well, you would have seen bits in Hot Fuzz. Well, apart from the bits that are in know, Hot Fuzz. Because um, originally when we started doing this, it went on my list to, uh, to pitch you as a double bill with Bad Boys 2 because at the time you hadn't seen that And either. then I saw Bad Boys 2. Yeah. Fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, apart absolutely. from the car chase, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant car chase in the middle of two, two and a half hours <laughs> I know. of utter yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, so I was originally going to pitch those as a double bill, but um, I didn't. But now I have my opportunity. Uh, to so I can complete the yeah. uh, Sergeant Nicholas Angel. <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, it's one of those films that when you read the premise out, you think, "God, that's stupid." Um, <laughs> Go for it. A, a young FBI agent teams up with a seasoned veteran to take down an infamous infamous gang of bank robbers called the Ex Presidents. On a hunch, the young agent infiltrates a group of surfers that they believe might be involved. Right, which. You think, that's just such a stupid premise (laughs) for a movie. Um, But like a lot of action movies at that time, because this was made in 91. Mm. So this this is one of those... That's the era of the high concept action movie. Exactly. So this is the point where you go from kind of typical 80s action movie into moving into the the things that gave us things like The Matrix and stuff with the high concept action. Yeah. Um, And it's exactly halfway between Top Gun and The Rock. Yes. In terms of release, yeah. yeah. So, so if you, it's interesting because it's got a lot of that eighties feel to it, right? Because you've got Nick Nolte in it for a start. Uh, they're they're like partner cops, which is a really kind of typical eighties thing. There are bank loves robbers. A good buddy cop movie. There's a car chase that looks like it came straight out of the eighties and stuff. Yeah. But then there's the higher concept bit. So there's you've got villains that have got real depth to the characters they've got um there's a foot chase which uh was shot i believe on a really stripped down 35 mil camera on a very very stripped down steady cam right so it, it weighed nearly nothing mm. and there was like so there's no viewfinder so yeah. they, they effectively got like a wire frame mm. effectively you've got like a wire coat hanger and mm. made it into a square stuck that on the top mm. so the guy had the, the cinematographer had a vague idea of what he was pointing at at. 
Um, and that comes across as feeling very modern and mm. kind of, you know, if you think of something like the parkour bit from Casino Royale where you're following people. And, yeah, yeah. So it's got, it's got that really kind of lot of movement and things like that. And it, so it kind of, it almost fits perfectly as a bridge between 80s action movies and 90s action movies, mm-hmm. which I guess you would go on to things like Speed and yeah. The Rock and uh, you know, kind of all those kind of classics. And then bloat out with Con Air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, then you get to things like The Matrix, which really pushed it even further. I've really um, watched Speed recently. That's a hell of a movie. Yeah, yeah, I did as well. Actually, I mm. saw it quite recently. Mm. Um but we're not here to talk <laughs> fact, about speed. No, we're not. But it just reminded me of something really funny, because um, <laughs> um, we were watching Speed, and I had one of my rabbits was running around mm. in the living room, right? And he decided that he was going to dive behind the TV, mm. but we'd put boxes up to stop him. Mm-hmm. But he did a proper eighties action movie dive through the boxes. <laughs> in perfect time to the music and the action going on on screen. So <laughs> the score effectively matched <laughs> his movie. He scored his jump. It was good. brilliant. Um, yeah, I can't remember what point in the movie it was because I was busy trying to rescue my rabbit from the back of the telly before he bit <laughs> through any of the cables. Um, but yeah, so re- I'd only seen this, I'd actually only seen this once before mm-hmm. um, and enjoyed it. I just never got around to watching it again. Um, but it's a... It's one of those movies you watch it. It's a really solid action movie. Mm-hmm. It's 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 entertaining. It's fun. It's got some great one-liners. Um, the uh, cast, um, the young guys, uh, Agent Johnny Utah, brilliant. Amazing. Name. Yeah. See, that's Amazing. that's a hangover from the eighties action yeah. movie. And that's Keanu Reeves. My favorite. Um, my favorite terrible movie name is uh, Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder, who's called Cole Trickle. Trickle yeah. Um, <laughs> Agent Papas is Gary Boosie. Agent Papas. Uh, Papas, yeah. Okay. An- Angelo Papas. Is of course. Angelo, Angelo, Angelos or something like that. Um, Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. uh, plays the lead surfer dude. Mm-hmm. He's called Bodie. Because mm-hmm. um, all surfer dudes are called Bodie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Laurie Petty is the love interest. Mm-hmm. And uh, John C. McGinley plays the typical angry captain. Awesome. Um, so, the, yeah, there's some great stuff in it. Um, in fact, the only thing left to say is uh, watch out for uh, Patrick Swayze beating up a red hot chili pepper. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okie dokie. Um, but before we do finish, actually, one thing I I have noticed: you were saying that Catherine Bigelow was the first woman to win mm. Best Director, yeah, first yeah. woman to uh, have a movie that won Best Picture. Mm. I also think she's the first woman director to appear on Have You Seen? She might be. This requires some. Uh, yeah, I was looking research. through some of the titles of stuff we've covered, and yeah. I, I nothing leapt out at me mm. as uh, that was directed by a woman, mm. um, which I thought was really kind of interesting. Yeah, um, it's also interesting that she's not like there. There are very few women directors in Hollywood anyway. Well, absolutely, yeah. And, and but she makes very, she makes manly movies. She's she's got bigger balls than most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, male Hollywood directors. Yeah. The what was interesting was um, when I mentioned that to my wife. Um, she was kind of joking at me that we were, we were being chauvinist and all this kind of stuff because we didn't cover any women's films and all yeah. that stuff. And I said, All right, name some. I said, Name five female directors. She couldn't do it. No. In fact, she could only name two, one of which was Catherine Bigelow, and the other one was uh, the woman who directed Clueless, and she only knew that because it had just come on the telly. I've no, who directed Clueless? I can't remember her name. Bloody hell. I can't uh, remember her name. Sally Potter is uh, the only other oh, female Sally director Potter. I can think oh, of. Really? Off the top I, of my I, head. I came up with um, Jane Campion. Yes. Lynn Taylorwood. Okay, yes. Is it Lynn Taylorwood? It is Lynn, isn't it? Taylorwood? Sam Taylorwood. Somebody. I don't know. The Taylorwood that's now married to Aaron Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sam Taylorwood. Sam Taylorwood. Yeah. And um, 
Oh, crap. Who's the other one I thought of? Um, married to Rob Reiner. Mrs. Reiner. No, she directed Jumping Jack Flash, League of Their Own. Uh, uh, then she's not allowed anywhere near the show because Jumping Jack Flash is fucking terrible. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, what is her name? <sighs> I really wish you could see the face he's pulling right now. Can't I can't remember. think of it. She's got two brothers who also make movies. Two brothers who also make movies. Is she the Farrelly sister? No. Oh, they don't make movies together. Oh, disappointing. Penny Marshall. There we go. That's it. There we go. The Just as I'd loaded IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Um, make yeah, more Penny movies, Marshall. women. Yeah. I'm sure you can do it. So Don't let the boys push you out. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's what I was thinking was if anyone listening can think of good Good movies directed. No, if you heard that, I've no idea what <laughs> no, that was. I, don't know what I think somebody just died upstairs. <laughs> um, yeah, that so might have been a gunshot. If any of our listeners can think of any good movies directed by women, and I know I've seen lots, probably, but they're just—it's just not a prominent thing. Mm. Um, we are going to get so many letters and emails. Yeah, no, send us, send us some. If you think there's some great stuff out there, let us know because mm. we'd like to cover it. Um, and also, if you think it matters. Does it matter if it's a man or a woman directing a movie? Interesting. We'll see. Yes. It'll be interesting to see what comes back. Yes. If you would like to get in touch about that kind of thing, yeah. look at that. That's a better segue. Yeah. There we go. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter, at HYS Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. With both of those, all of, all of our social media, we encourage retweeting and sharing mm, of yes. posts. Yes, please. Um, because we want more people to listen to this nonsense. Yeah. Listen to our amazing segues. Yeah. Uh, we have a blog, haveyouseen.net, which I will try to remember to link to the Will Riser article on. I've now yes. said it. I have to do it. Yes. Uh, and our email address is podcast at haveyouseen.net. Yes. I think at one point, I know we started doing an episode list where we had the, the episodes and then the films mm. and the, the thing. I would like to... I th- I'm thinking what I might do is see if I can find some time to go through and at least write a list of everything we've covered. Yes. So that at least something that's else that was on the, blog. On the yeah. list of things to do. Yeah, it yeah. just hasn't ended up. Just because when I wanted to figure out if we had had covered anything by a woman director before, I got so far and I was just like, I can't. Yeah, I, I can no time. longer focus. Yeah, I, can, I yeah. can't. I don't have time to do this. Yes. But yeah, I would like to yeah, put together a list of, of what we have covered. Mm. Just to make sure we don't cover anything twice. Yeah, to start. That, that, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, thanks, as always, go to Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio, which mm-hmm. is nice and warm today. Yes. I've had to take off a layer to do this yeah. podcast. Yeah, see, pre-podcast strip. Yeah. If, only, if only we had a webcam. <laughs> uh, and, of course, to Alexia Mom, who is our technical guru. Mm. That's it for this week. Uh, yeah. Next week is the Bigelow Off. Yes. It's Hurt Locker versus... Um, Point, point break. break. <laughs> I did it again. How can Do you I actually listen re- to anything I no? say? <laughs> What's the point? I say all the interesting stuff. Fine. Uh, yeah, Hurtlocker versus Point Break. Bigelow yeah. versus Bigelow. Catherine Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. There's your wrestling reference of the week. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, that's enough from us. Let's go. Okay. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you.